0: Gentlemen, let's get ready
1: to babble. Here is your host, Amanda Clark.
0: Hi, guys, thank you so much for tuning into my very first episode of Babble. You know what? I am so excited to be finally doing this. It's been a long time coming. Bit of an insight for you. My podcast is going to be geared around helping you listeners on your journeys in the most informative yet entertaining way that I can. I'm going to be chatting to people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, digging deep into who they are and why they are where they are now. Now, apologies if the sound quality isn't the best on this first podcast, I've done the best I can in lockdown, but here is my first guest, Mr. Robert Tuck. So hello and welcome. my absolute pleasure to welcome to Babble of the one and only Mr. Robert Tuck, inspirational speaker, business entrepreneur, and charity volunteer. Hi, Rob, Have you had a busy day? just
1: <laughs> The same lockdown day as ever uh, I'm locked down in an absolute gangster pad um, And yeah, so lucky really, to be honest But fed the horses And yeah, it's been it's been not too bad, to be honest
0: Nice, nice So yeah, so really, really thankful for you um, Being one of the first um, on the podcast, Babble Maybe um, I'll do anything for you <laughs> So first thing I've got I've got to get out there is your beautiful shining teeth that's one thing that I think when you when you when I I stalk you on your Facebook and on your Instagram pages your teeth one of the things that really stand out you've had them done right
1: have I no not me (laughs) yeah of course of course yeah yeah I'm all for it go for it What
0: what made you want to do that then
1: I had crooked yellow teeth. Like, it's not the one, is it, to be honest? Um, and for three grand, you can get a new set. Like, it's a no-brainer to me. Um, yeah, it's been the brilliant ever since. Like, if you put a filter on Instagram, though, as we all do, the teeth go even whiter. So it's like, they go from white to, oh, my God, um, which is kind of hilarious. But, yeah, top best five decisions I've ever made.
0: Well, that's it. If you've got something that you can change, why not change it, right?
1: Like, you're in, two days, I come out of a brand new set. And I I got a tan and went on holiday.
0: <laughs> oh, right. So where did you go and get it done?
1: Oh, turkey, babe. Like we all do.
0: <laughs> and so, um, from a business perspective then, your teeth, how has it affected your business? Do you think you've had more publicity, has it affected your confidence when pitching, when speaking to other people? Yeah, I'd say, uh,
1: obviously it bothered me before, otherwise I wouldn't have got it done. But when when I had photos of people, I used to consciously keep my mouth shut and just like smile like, like that. And now, you know, I, I don't even think about it. And so it's the first thing that everyone says to me, which is good. Um, so, yeah, of course it helps your confidence and... Um, as I'm speaking, again, and hundreds of people are watching you, you know, having great teeth is one of the things that people look for. And I had a brace when I was younger, but I didn't wear the retainer.
0: Ah, rookie mistake.
1: <laughs> like, a, like a dick. And so I didn't really want to go down the Invisi line and pay almost the same amount of money in like two years and, you know. Um, no, absolutely.
0: Is that the only uh? Is that the only thing that you've changed about your appearance, or is there anything else? Oh, babe, I got the hair
1: done as well. I got the hat on, but <laughs> so yeah, I got the hair It's a bit messy today, um, but yeah, I wasn't going bald, but um, it was a bit of a McDonald's hairline, if that makes sense. <laughs> 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 so like like that.
0: Why not? If you can change something, then why not change it? I'm all for cosmetic surgery. I'm all for if you can make something better. Um, but that's another, that's another topic for another, for another podcast. I've gone from a five to
1: a seven, I reckon.
0: <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> um, let's get into the actual Rob talk, who you are, what you stand for, what you do. Um, let's take it right back. Let's strip it right back to your childhood. Let's tell me a little bit about your childhood and growing up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in, uh, in Sidcup in Kent, like my mum and my dad, everyone says they got the best mum, but um, yeah, I truly believe I have. She's like absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, I was a keen footballer when I was younger and then got into golf when I was about 10, 11. Uh, I vividly remember watching Tiger Woods win the 2000 Open. And I was about 11, 12 years old. And I fell in love twice that day, once with golf and once with Tiger Woods. <laughs> and, and I was just like, I want to be that guy at all costs. Um, so ever all my teenage years I was, to say I was obsessed with golf was an understatement. I used to play golf in a day. And then because the American tour um, would be, they would play during the day so it gets broadcast in the night here. So I'd watch golf at night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and then play golf every day. Um, so it was all around obsessing about playing golf. And um, yeah, I went to a golf college when I was 16, which was, which was interesting. Um, I lived next to a guy I called, what was his name? I think his name was Steve Wright. Do you remember the guy who murdered five prostitutes in Ipswich? I lived next door to him. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, which was uh, an interesting time. Um, Hence, I left that golf college. Um, And yeah, I had a really great family, good upbringing. Um, It it was a bit unusual, if if I'm honest. Like, the the, the support was there. Uh, My mum and dad split up when I was 12, but they carried on living together. Right. And uh, money situation. And I think they wanted to do the best for me uh, by staying in the house. So my mum slept upstairs in the bedroom and my dad slept downstairs on the sofa. My mum had a boyfriend and my dad had a girlfriend.
0: <laughs> How long did this go on for? Uh, nine, eight, nine years. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. What was that like for you?
1: You don't know any different. I think you're quite impressionable at 11, 12, and you don't really sort of notice. The only time we sort of ate together was at Christmas Day because it's like forced on, isn't it? Um... But and you start going around other, you know, you have been around friends' uh, houses, and you're like, "Oh, my situation isn't quite normal." As you get a bit older and wiser and whatnot, and um, but the, all you could ask for is support and love. It was a bit unusual, but they would do absolutely anything. They've supported me through everything that I've ever done. They paid for my my golf stuff, golf college. Um, they um, supported me when I'd like fucked it all off and I went I want to go and do a season in Greece all they ever say to me is I'll support you if it makes you happy and they've done it with my golf career they've done it with uh, like just doing cra- anything crazy I, and they're just oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this I'm going to start this business like you know entrepreneur shit. it's just like I'm going to do this, I'm gonna, no I'm going to do this now and they're just like Rob we'll support you if it makes you happy and I think that's all, that's all you can ever ask for really isn't it
0: of course it is. And and where do you think you get this entrepreneurial streak from that you've got?
1: I honestly don't know, but I just don't like being told what to do.
0: <laughs> Sit down. Yeah.
1: Sit down right now. I remember vividly watching Dragon's Day. I was, I was working in a golf shop in 2006. I was bored out of my brains, I earning £6 an hour. And then the first series of Dragon's Den come on and I was watching it on like a fat telly out the back of the golf shop. And I was like, and it just hooked me. It, 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 in one episode, it hooked me.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, and then you start reading like books of Richard Branson and Lord Sugar and all that. And they're just sort of seeing that actually, do you know what? There's another way than my school teachers, you know, they drum into you that, for 10 years, you've got to go to school, get a good grade, and you've got to go to uni and all down that route. And I didn't know anyone who started their own business, especially at like 18, 19. And mm-hmm. that gave me the confidence to go, Do you know what? If they can do it, I, I can at least give it a bash rather than st- like stepping away from the norm. It gave me that, that, that confidence to even approach the idea. And of course, my mum just said, I'll support you wherever makes you happy.
0: <laughs> so, no, yeah. I think it does take a special kind of person um, to, to 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 do that, though. Um, so you mentioned just a, a minute ago that your parents supported you, and is particularly your mom supported you in? Um, did you say going abroad? Did you go and live abroad?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've done three seasons. <laughs> it's meant to be one. I've done three seasons in Greece. Um, it's, always,
0: it's always meant to be one.
1: <laughs> oh, babe, tell me about it. So, yeah, I went there quite, not shy, but average, you know, average confidence. And then I went and worked in a bar with these guys that had been experienced in what we do, uh, like working in a bar and working the girls and working the confidence. And I was just like left behind. I was like, I've got a lot to learn here.
0: In what way? What, What do you mean? What did they used to do?
1: Oh, like they would go home with two, three girls a week, minimum four or five at, at some points. And I, I was like left behind, like, like at the end of the night on my own. I like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And they, they were fairly good looking guys, but not, they weren't no Brad Pitts, but they were just skilled with what they could talk with their language. And I think that's where my love of language and uh, connection and talking to people um, from a business point of view, that's when it's, the craft started from there, but in a very different way. <laughs>
0: So do you think then that that experience has made you who you are today and where you are today?
1: Yeah, it, It's sink or swim mm-hmm. and the bar owners will sack you if you're no good. it's that it's that they hire guys to talk to girls, and the girls bring more guys, so the bar is packed full of the right clientele it's It's a simple formula, but if you can't work it and you know you've got that charisma and everything that you need to do in working that job like we used to strip we used to set ourselves on fire we used to do all sorts of things just to you know the high you know it's like when you go on like a a crazy holiday and that it wasn't me I was like I don't know if I could do this and I was like and 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 then the owner was like well go and get another job then and it was like all right and then obviously you do it and you love it and it's addictive once once you sort of get used to it
0: are you still doing that now in the UK?
1: No, darling. No, <laughs> darling. I'm, I'm a bit. I'm a bit long in my veneers to do that.
0: <laughs> so let's let's move on to um, your the, something that I particularly admire about you, um, and that has really had an impact on me choosing you to be interviewed on Babble. Um You travel a lot to Uganda. Don't you? Um, yeah. And it's purely volunteer work that you do out there. Mm. Just tell me a little bit, and, and tell everyone listening just a little bit about. Um, firstly, why you, you, you why you decided to go there? What what was it that first made you decide to go? Well,
1: I had the experience again, of going speaking in South Africa. And South Africa is very different to Uganda. So South Africa is a very rich country, but the, the there is a very big wealth divide. Um, still, we usually a black and white and. Um, I was staying in Sanson in Johannesburg and speaking at nice seminars, staying at the Hilton Five Star, all the lovely stuff, so they've got a square mile, I think they have one square mile in um in South Africa, and it turns over eighty percent of the GDP in that one square mile. and everything else around that is chaos, shacks, no electric, horrific. And I just thought, and i, I I've been to Johannesburg a few times. And I just went to this hotel, spoke at a conference, done another lovely stuff, and then got on a plane and left. And I just, it didn't sit right with me. And uh-huh. obviously, you know, being a golfer, whilst I was there, I played golf. And uh, I got a caddy. Um, didn't really need one, but I felt like, you know, helping this bloke out. And I said, you know, get talking to him on the way around. And I said, you know what? I want to go on an experience the real South Africa. The real South Africa. I want to go to like, uh, a slum or the shacks or whatever you call it and he said i'm actually from one and he said um it's a place called alexander so if you ever look up johannesburg there's a place about two miles from Sandton. Sandton's the business district and alexander and he said like there wasn't a white person that's gone there in many many years um but taxi drivers don't go there it's like it's hectic and i was like all right bring it on but after the round i had a few beers with him and then got an uber up there as far as the uber would drop us and i walked the rest of the way with my golf clubs and i went to his shack house and i just and that's where the, the language is and i thought it put me in that sink or swim position oh yes. can i communicate with these people can i engage with these people can i get them to like me not get murdered or mug me for us that would be a good start but actually like me and engage And how can my human interaction with someone that I've never met have nothing, um, nothing in in, uh, comfort, in, what's the word? In in common common with. (laughs) (laughs) And I I like sketchy situations, unpredictable. And I'm I'm kind of drawn to that. And so I went there and we walked into this bar and Jesus Christ, I walked in there. The, the guy serving drinks behind the bar was behind bars. It's behind metal bars. Like he was in prison mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you pass the money through like a little hatch through the bars and he gives you like a can and you and they had a pool table there. And I walked in there and then some guy just pulled out about a million bags of drugs and tried to sell them to me. I was like, no, you're right. And there was about seven blokes in there. Obviously, they were shocked to see me, to say the least, and I just went, "Who wants a beer? You want a beer?" Uh, and a beer's cost twenty p, <laughs> so I, I could afford it. It was, it. it was all right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Luckily, I had forty p, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I bought them a few beers. Had a laugh, shared some stories. And they were like, "You're all right," and I was like, "Yeah." And I went and met the guy's family and. I had dinner with him in their little shack and and whatnot. So there's me and me nice golf gear and the 150 pound golf shoes. My golf clubs were worth about three grand. And suddenly, you know, their shack is not even worth a tenth of that. So it was, you know, it was very, very surreal. Uh, And I ate the food that they, you know, cooked up and whatnot. And I enjoyed it. And uh, this was on a Saturday night. And they said, why don't you come back tomorrow? And I went, all right. And so literally I'd done the same thing without the golf clubs and then got up there on a Sunday morning um, and just got levered with them all day. <laughs> uh, I, I put it on Facebook lives. So if you dig through my Facebook lives from like, you know, from the archives um, it's on there and it's, it was, you know, you, you see some sites and then you start to see, you know, I didn't, I don't want to be the person that goes to holiday to Spain, Greece, Dubai, Marbella, sits around a pool, drinks cocktails and goes and claims they've seen the
0: world. Sure. No, I understand. And so so from that experience that you from had. That, and then, yeah, you so from, from that, and then it, that gave
1: me the flavour of, I quite liked it, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to go to Uganda. So a friend of mine, um, I've got a network marketing business and a friend of mine who's uh, very high up, uh, her dad ho- owned a charity. Do you, do you own a charity or run a charity or a founder? I don't know. Um, and it operates mainly in Uganda. And so a group of us from this network marketing business went there. And you know when you get somewhere and you're like, I found what I'm meant to be living here for. I, I, sure. This is what I, this is what I was put on earth to do. And I had it within half an hour getting there. Um, I was like this is me. This is me. And I'll fight too for now and do anything for it. And I love every single second of it. So I went there the first time was in early 2018 and um, we go to a place called Kumi in Uganda. So you fly to Uganda. Um, So you fly from London to Amsterdam to Rwanda and then Uganda. But on the plane ticket they don't tell you go to rwanda they add that in as a stop when they don't tell you so just if you ever go to uganda that's the sketch i know
0: well you're trying to get me to come to the next one right
1: well so, I, but, so, I know but uh, yeah yeah you know now but they, they, they don't class it as a stop because you don't get off the plane so they don't like tell you or write it on the ticket or anything i just thought it was a bit shady to be honest but
0: why did you stop then so what was the stop for
1: to pick up people literally you have to go past uganda rwanda's further south you pick up more people to come back to uganda <laughs> and, 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 and honestly and listen um because no one gets off the plane is a shit hole it's a fucking shit shit people have been there like for nine hours on this plane and people are getting on the plane and it's it's in a, a horrific state <laughs> <laughs> so funny um and then obviously you go back to uganda uh, and get there and then it's about a eight hour drive up to rural uganda we work in rural uganda to a place called kumi um and the show starts from there so we go into one school per day and you just have the time of your life it is just unbelievable so the idea is we go into a school a day we teach a program to the kids there so in the morning we'll do lots of singing dancing songs if you look at my social media it's you know um quite all over it and it's the the best thing like ah, it's just the, the buzz the energy the vibrations from the the kids you know like when they're all jumping up and down you can feel the floor vibrating it's just there's no experience like it I've done a few drugs, yeah, but that's the best drug. Let me tell you. And so. What
0: what song is it that you sing? Go on, give us a run.
1: uh, It's called Jiggly Jiggly. Um, How did
0: it go, Rob? uh, I guess
1: Jiggly Jiggly. Jiggly Jiggly. (laughs) And then they go, yeah, which means like yes or like go. They go, Jiggly Jiggly. And and all the kids go, yeah. And as they're stamping, and they stamp. And so they're stamping, and they're going, yeah. Yeah, and then the lyrics go ikoko, uh, which means turn around, kids. And you got which uh, esepat, means turn around, boys. Evologin fssa, turn around, girls. And so they turn around, and you're all you're the, you know, the, you're the you know, you're the leader. And you know, some of the boys turn around, then the girls, and then all of them. And then you say stamp the ground really hard, and then like bang, 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 bang. And yeah, we've done it with a thousand kids once. Um, wow. doing that, and honestly, it's just like the electricity that goes through your body is, is is next level. Um, yeah, so we do that for three hours in 40 degree heat.
0: <laughs> Why wow, that? How hot is there? 40 degrees? Oh, my goodness! Yeah,
1: yeah, some it doesn't really get cold, it's on the equator, um, wow. Uganda. So, do you know? I know because I saw the little dotted line,
0: <laughs> the clues there yeah no. so no it is um, so these children then, so I mean, like just for everyone listening in, what is the poverty like there? like what do they have as opposed to what don't they have because from from our conversations previously, you, you know you've expressed that these guys have nothing, and yet they're mm. so happy,
1: yeah, yeah, um I don't want to go over there and try and save anybody. I don't want them to have our way of life, in fact, I think. If they had a little bit, few more basic amenities, I think they have the perfect life, um, almost. Sure. Um, okay. So, start with what they do have. Um, no rent. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. no money. You, you 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 build your house. You build so everyone. Most of the most of them live in what's called a mud shack. So it's where you you have mud. You heat up mud, and it turns into brick. And then you build your house like that and you have like a straw roof Um, and then you grow crops in the garden. So you grow a crop and you have that crop and your job is basically to, you know, um, cultivate that crop. And then with your neighbours, you would swap crops and whatnot. And, um, you know, like a community spirit going on. So eventually you've got a well, I say a well-rounded diet, you've got enough to eat. So there's very, very little, if any, money changed hands for anything, um, which is a, a unique way of life, um, I, I feel. And I think that's a, quite a good thing um, in some yeah.
0: respects. I bet that's refreshing for you to, there's not, I suppose that greed wouldn't really be something over there that is sort of paramount, paramount, like it is over here.
1: No, no, it's. Yeah, everyone shares, everyone knows that there's uh, so little to go around, so they make sure everyone's taken care of. Um, uh, One of the guys who helped me over there, he was a Ugandan international footballer. His name's um, Julius, and he's honestly the nicest guy I've ever met. He is the nicest guy I've ever met. He used to rent his boots to go and play for Uganda. That's how far we're talking. And so he played against Egypt, so he played against, you know, some really big names who played for Egypt, and he played um, against South Sudan. Um, when they split countries, so this, he's an amazing footballer, incredible. And I went to his like shack where he lives, and from the road, I say a road, it's a dirt track, but his his sort of shack was about probably half a mile off the track. I walked down the track with him, and I walked back with him to walk back to the track. He must have said hello to 300 people on the way back on his on, on our way back to get in our in our van. He <sighs> says, Rob. He said, Rob, on, on the way to like because he comes to the schools with us every day. Um, he says hello to 200 people a day on on his way to and from work. Like, <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know my next door neighbor's name.
0: No, know. so well, my next door neighbor, um, I thought his name was Bob for six years, and it's actually Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, found that out the other day. Bob, can I end your um, cheers? It's Bill. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah Oops. Oops. so yeah i'll be sending
1: christmas
0: cards with a bob on it for no. no. <laughs> so yeah I totally that one
1: so they're the good things um there's a there's the, the poverty there the way the easiest way to describe it people say it's like the 1600s in britain so what the 16 1700s were like here in britain it's like there now
0: what what rewards have they
1: bought you personally rob uh, it gives you a new perspective in life, I think. Um, fighting hard for the new iPhone and the new car. And I bought a, a nice Range Rover just before I went there. And then I parked it at Heathrow Longstay. Come back to it after my first time going to Uganda and experiencing all of those amazing memories. And come back, Long Stay in uh, Heathrow. I was like, what the fuck have I bought this for? You fucking prick. You know what I mean? <laughs> you said yes. <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I
0: know what you mean. Totally. But that's,
1: but that's what so many people aspire to have, and 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 I and I was that person. And don't get me wrong, it's it's a beautiful car. You know, I loved it. I don't have it anymore. But I just felt a bit. You know, I just bought it, and I just had a that moment, and it, is it, it? Yeah, uh-huh. the the extreme. I saw it. It was the extremes. Uh-huh. Um. So, but there is abundance in the world, and you can have everything that you want without impacting anyone else of course so there is absolute abundance you can have a gazillion pound car and still help everyone else and do your thing so there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with it it was just that moment that for me cool. um but I, I i bought that car for the wrong reasons that was the issue uh-huh.
0: well that's, that's why cool. i asked you what like, what has it brought you personally because yeah. I mean, everything that we do in life it has a personal impact on us doesn't mm. it and everyone will feel differently about stuff yeah um so, yeah, any advice to those thinking of, 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 of going there, like me? <laughs> uh,
1: come. Food is incredible. It's the best food I've ever tasted. You'll meet community like you've never, ever seen before. Uh, the hotel we stay at is, is interesting, but it's safe. Um, sometimes there's electric, sometimes there's not. And, you know, it's a bit like Forty Towers, as you can imagine. But it's, I've stayed at worse in the UK, to be honest. So it's it's sufficient accommodation, tastes great, amazing people. It's 30 degrees every day at least, Um, beautiful sunshine. And, you know, you've life transformational things. Um, You you get to see some wild animals as well. Um, You can jump in the Nile. Wow. And, you know, so we know where the crocodiles are not. There's some parts of the Nile, there's no crocodiles. And you can go and have a swim. I've been in the swim there a few times um and so we go to church if you're into that um I'm not really religious but just to see what their local community like because obviously there's no phones there's no uh there's, the only communication is a church on a sunday and there're 2 to 3000 people that go to church on a sunday and, wow and to see them sing and dance and you know it's a different experience and it's just it, it's just something a bit different from going to sit around a pool drinking a margarita you just do it anytime of course so, I can. got addicted to it um, and um, I want to go and live there. So, that's my plan.
0: Oh, wow. So, you want to go and live there?
1: Yeah. So, you, apply, I'm, you... I want to apply for a two year visa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there are a few complications with that. With, you know, if you stay there for two years, if you got there for two weeks on a trip, you just go and, you know, Malarin or uh, Dr. Cyclin as, as an anti malarial drug and you're fine. But you can't take you know, Malloran or Dr. Cycling for two years. So just things like that that you need to cover. But that, that's my goal is to go and get a, a visa and, and, and go and live there.
0: That's an amazing goal to have. And is that something that you'd like to do sort of like early next year? I mean, this year's pretty much a bit of a write-off, right? <laughs> What's going on in the world at the moment? But
1: yeah, yeah. um
0: you want to do imminently or long-term?
1: I wanted to do it last year. All right. Okay. So I've, wanted, I've been wanting to do it for a while. If, I, if you say if I could go tomorrow, I'd go. Um, well, I hope that happens so. for you. I really do. Yeah. yeah. I'll a, a little bit. A little bit bit, it's out of my hands, obviously. But um,
0: it's a good goal to have in life, though, right?
1: Go and live in the 171st poor country out of 176 on my own <laughs> in rural Uganda and <laughs>
0: <laughs> with You're no one cool that I know. <laughs> You also, um, Rob, um, are very, very well known, especially in the property um, industry, for your public speaking. Um, I know that you've dabbled in property. Talk to me about you and property. (laughs) What, what are your views on that? I know you're a bit controversial. Mm,
1: I I, I like buying property, but I just like buying property and then doing other things, and then going, enjoying my time, playing golf, and doing other things. So. Um, I find pin meetings fucking boring, honestly. Just I'm just get in, get out. I source to you know a select group of investors. Um, I you know I got a tight knit community that I know, like and trust. Obviously, like you, I've been mugged off by builders and this and that, and you know been taken every way. Um, and I think I've got a nice little thing going down there. I don't do a million deals a year. I do a, uh, a few. Um, and it's the way I like it. It's um, done, you know, student accommodation, HMOs, flipping, you know, all the usual sort of stuff that, that I used to brag about really. But now, you know, I don't really want to go, oh, I've done 25 bills and look how big my fucking dick is. Um, you know, like a dick measuring exercise. And it's not really my thing um, anymore. It probably was a few years ago, actually.
0: I don't remember you saying to me before um when when we spoke before that like you you prefer to go where you're celebrated as opposed to where you're tolerated, yeah, yeah. I don't know
1: whether I come up with that quote or I read it, but I'm going to claim it. Yeah, you claim um, it. I'm claiming it, babe, and yeah, when I read that it was it was a, a life changing moment for me in like it was you know my my sale was gonna be set on another course because I think for me personally, everyone has a different experience. And I've met some great people, including you from And I've got loads of friends. However, I'm tolerated, you know? Um, And with what else I do, I feel that I'm more celebrated. And so go wherever you're happy, go wherever your tribe, your vibe is or whatever you call it. And I don't feel that my, you know, vibe tribe is, you know, in in, in, the, in the property world, if, if I'm completely straight with you. So I like property, I invest in gold, which doesn't mean I have to go to gold meetings and gold this and gold that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, just, you do it and whether you trade, you don't have to go to the mother's meeting. Like, just do it because it's a good investment. Um, uh-huh. So the, the community that comes around property um, is... Um, I've met some amazing people, but it's still not really my thing. I live in a house with two gays that are West End singers, and they do West End performances almost every night on uh, on Instagram Live. So this is the the level of extra we're talking. Do you know what I mean? So,
0: <laughs> Rob, I've seen what you three get up to, and it's no different to what you got up to when you were abroad working those years ago. <laughs> yeah, no or well, if this
1: lockdown comes on any longer I'm, you know, I might have my bread button on both sides, you never know But
0: Your Carol Baskin um, videos are hilarious, literally yeah. anyone you check Rob out um, on his Instagram and his Facebook and you'll see his video, you literally keep me entertained what can I say
1: <laughs> I've got a few up the sleeve Ugh, I think I need to raid um, my friend's I'm sure he's, he must have a Joe Exotic shirt somewhere, a leopard print shirt. He must have one. And so I'm gonna try and-
0: one. I'll send you one. I've got All a right, leopard right.
1: shirt. I, I think I've got that sorted. but I want the, the, the mullet, and I'm just trying to get how to get the mullet and, 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 the, and the, you know what I mean? And the beard and whatnot. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go for it on a, on a video, like, you know, dressed up and whatnot.
0: I saw today on a post, someone painted their cow um like a tiger and it actually looked like a tiger and they dressed up as them and you looked hilarious so been it's, it's taken well. off isn't it absolutely
1: i just proved no. to you any anything that takes off it's all about timing as well i think any business idea you got to have the right people concept time funding um as well And i think timing is is, is absolutely everything and obviously with everyone being locked down that just coming on that Cyber King just coming on the scene and Netflix, it's just like lit, lit uh like it's like like put petrol underneath and it's just gone like that.
0: And <laughs> it has. yeah There's loads of TikTok videos as well, um girls doing their makeup um like Carol Baskin and you know, it's just it's hilarious. I have to, um, Baskin, I have to, Baskin, yeah Carol Baskin I have to um limit my what you know my time spent on these sites because you can you can look and then and you're like you've been on them two or three hours haven't you? They eat away your time. Um but yeah whilst we're in lockdown there's no harm in that right so Rob um another wonderful thing that you do um and that I've been um fortunate to support you and watch you and attend these gigs with you um, is your public speaking um, you do really, really well with that. I think, you know, you have to be a certain type of person to do that. And that's something, again, that you really do well. What made you first decide um, to do that? Like, how did you know this is what you wanted to do?
1: I didn't really. I mean, obviously, the most, most of us, I knew nothing about property. Um, and, I, and I like investing into property as I'm giving it some stick. But I really do like investing in property. I just keep my circle nice and tight-knit. And like most of us, you learn through a course um, because, you know, you, you, my mom, my dad, no no history in property. I knew no one who invested and, you know, uh, went and learned how to do it. And of course, once you've bought two or three, they tend to invite you back to say, you know, um, here he was, here he was now. And so I come back to give a sort of a testimonial and whatnot. And I really fucked it up, to be honest. I, I looked at the floor for about three minutes, just like this. And then I looked up and I thought, Oh, about half the audience were on their phone. The whole, half the <laughs> audience, were, about a quarter had tuned out and the other quarter were listening out of pity, I think. And I looked over to the main speaker and I was like, dig me out of this situation. And they sort of intervened and took over like the pro that they were and sort of helped me out. And um, I was like, wow. And um, it's something that I thought I would be a natural at because of working in a bar and all that stuff. But it's, yeah, it's different and again mm-hmm. it was that sink or swim moment again like i had in greece it was like you're gonna get asked back rob you're gonna do you know some stuff and props and people are gonna go ask you you gotta learn how to do this or you're gonna or, or you know or you're never gonna get asked back and i was like well i ain't letting this get the better of me and yeah just learn the business of speaking um i got a speaking mentor that's how it will change and he taught me absolutely everything just incredible absolutely incredible just stuff that I didn't even know that went on went on um, and yet yeah, as you and it led from there and there and then you up the skills and then you know you become the main speaker uh, eventually
0: and do you think it's helped you in your business moving forward having the yeah of course skills?
1: if you can stand up and deliver a, a two-hour session to 300 people and the majority of them like it um, and engage with you. You can do a lot of things in business, I think. you know. So if you pitch into an angel investor or, I don't know, a group of investors, um, it really, really helps. I remember I, was, um, uh, I met a, a few guys, really clever guys, who started a letting agent uh, app um, called Space. And they're mm-hmm. like going to be a student letting agent, but all done via apps. And it, it was based around a lot of technology. So imagine like they described it as like Airbnb and Uber having a baby in lettings. Um, so it's all done for students because in the student market, especially if they're overseas, maybe come from China, they come over and they're either having that student property blind and they've never seen it before and they're, and they're you know, um, getting into contract to rent it. Or they'd go and stay in a hotel for a while which would cost them a lot of money and then go and find it and these guys through their app were going to have like virtual reality in each student accommodation so where the chinese students they love all that um to go and watch it on virtual reality get a real good feel what the property's like and then literally order it and over the app and and move in if that makes sense
0: yeah i'm with you Uh,
1: like great bit of technology great bit of kit they were looking for funding um for you know a lot of money from general banks and they asked me to come in and sort of pitch for them as to say why i would use this as an investor as a, as a property owner that rents out properties why this service would be good for them and so there was you know a, a small group of people but very high level bankers people that i weren't used to talking to and mm-hmm. again from me delivering speech after, speech after speech after speech after speech, I went in there and I felt like I delivered and I got the money. Um, but if I didn't, I wouldn't have no clue what to say. Um, it's just exactly. repetition is th- that you do that really helps.
0: And I think, you know, I've, I've been in a classroom setting on numerous occasions and some speakers can be a bit boring um so I think (laughs) so I think for me if the person's got something about them um if they are interesting and like you know you are an interesting person you know you are you've got something about you you've got charisma and stuff like that and I think that's helped you a a, a lot with this um part of your career as well um you've mentioned to me before I'm not sure um, whether this is going ahead or not, um, about a six-hour Zoom session that you was just going to have just complete raw content on. And then what... Do you want to explain that?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to go through how to start a speech because what does everyone get up and do when they go and start? Hi. So, so someone introduces them and says, this is Amanda. She's been invested into property. She's 26 years old.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right
1: she's been investing in property for five years. She invests in the Midlands. Welcome Amanda. Clap, clap, clap. But you get up and go, hi, my name's Amanda. I'm 26 years old. And you just repeat what they said. Yeah. And then you've got about 20 seconds before the audience go, oh, um, Switch I wonder on. if I can look at my phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to go for a wee or they're thinking they just, you've lost them. You've lost them within 30 seconds. So that first 30 seconds, I can't tell you how crucial it is. And what do most mm-hmm. people talk about? Oh, they thank the organizer. Oh, the weather's great today, or the coronavirus. They're, they're small talk.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: at least 70% of the audience are going, get on with it. Uh-huh. You're wasting my time. And so what, what What? that is, is the speaker has nervous energy and they think they're at a coffee date. So we're having a coffee date. I am going to go, how's the kids? How's the weather? How's this? How's this? But giving a speech to an audience is a unique experience where you, you have to totally avoid the trap of that, of trying to be, not, be likeable and deliver your presentation, whether that's starting with a question, whether that's starting with a story, a joke, instant content. There's many ways to start, but those are the kind of things I'm going to cover. And I'm going to show examples. I've got I've got video clips of celebrities giving terrible speeches and I'm just going to click and go, What are they doing? Um, There you go. Yeah. And and university lecturers that are just boring and the whole audience is not paying attention. And I'm just going to explain clip by clip why that's happening. And then go to clips of great speakers, and then here's why they are engaging and whatnot. So it's a skill that anybody can learn. I truly believe that.
0: And that's uh, Thursday, the twenty third of April.
1: Yeah, eight thirty on my personal Zoom. I'm doing it absolutely for free. I'm sure I'm going to give away thousands of pounds worth of value, and I've never told anyone any of this. Eight a.m. Eight thirty a.m.
0: Eight
1: thirty p.m. Darling. Oh, good. I don't wake before nine. No.
0: There's only eight uh, thirty in our day, right? Yeah. So you did mention as well, this um, six-hour Zoom session. Is it going to be six, six hours still, right?
1: Uh, it will probably be four hours and maybe cool. another hour with, um, uh, with, with question and answer. So it's going to be on Thursday. Mm-hmm. going to spin in two parts. So Thursday, 8.30 p.m. It's going to be just for over two hours with question and answer. And there's going to be a... The second part will be on Tuesday, same time, and finish like that. It's going to be totally for free. And if people get value, um, they can donate to the uh, Teams for you charity, which is a charity that um, I help in Uganda.
0: Perfect. Oh, so wonderful. You've linked the two together.
1: Exactly. So you combine two passions. You help people. And, you know, so that's my passion is they're not a bunch of random African kids. They're my family, you know. Um mm-hmm. Now, so combine the two, and yeah, I feel like a just giving page, and hopefully, Ration
0: dosh. I think you should dress up as Carol Baskin when you do it. <sighs> come on, <laughs> you can do it. I'm out there, even, even if it's a half an hour. Just come on, as Carol Baskin. You've got to do it. I'm, I'm, I want you. I'll to get do the that. serious <laughs> stuff out of the
1: way in part one, and then. Part two, we can negotiate.
0: <laughs> well, Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure to interview you on a bubble. What do you think of the name, Babble?
1: I, babe, I love it. Good. I love it. Yeah, I know. I saw you. I, I saw your. I saw your um, what do you call it? Like cartoony clip, like a photo image.
0: Um, yeah. On Instagram. Yeah.
1: And I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. I was, I was quite awesome. disappointed that I didn't think of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you lose, you lose, mate. Well, oh, you no. never know. You can, you can set one up when you're in Uganda. <laughs> How the hell would that work?
1: <laughs> so that's what I would have to do, honestly. What you're doing now, I would have to do this to keep me sane because this would be my this would be my social time. Sure. So, yeah, of it would. That, that's those things. I'm prepared. Like I would take a podcast kit out there and start that, and then. Do proper YouTube links and just document every day what I do because obviously it raises awareness and raises money, but mainly to keep me sane and you know not to go mad.
0: Well, I, I do. I wish you the very, very best, and I'm definitely going to come, whether it's the end of this year if it goes ahead, or whether it's next year, I will be there. I will be jumping up and down, singing. October nineteenth,
1: October nineteenth this year to so the 29th
0: Do you think that it's going to go ahead? I have no idea. We don't know, do we? We don't know what's going on with the world right now. But yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you and wish you the very best. And wish Thank you, my darling. Person. Thanks, Rob. Bye.